Hey friends, welcome to the By His Grace podcast. This is Misty Phillip. Today I sit down with the president of Bellhaven University to talk about his new book, Opportunity Leadership. Now, Opportunity Leadership is a book and a concept about capturing and capitalizing on the opportunities that the Lord gives us. But I'm going to let Roger explain that to you a little bit better. But I thought I would talk to you a little bit beforehand about opportunities. So as the founder of Spark Media, one of the things that I get to do for my community members is look for opportunities to help them grow and monetize their podcasts. So over the last two years, I formed strategic partnerships with many companies and organizations to accomplish these goals. I've partnered with Pray.com, Logos Bible Software, Compassion International, Operation Christmas Child, Notion Digital, the National Religious Broadcasters, Redemption Press, Edify, and so many others. I've also partnered with companies in the podcast industry like Blueberry, Lipson, and other companies as well. But with every opportunity, I pray, I seek wisdom from the Lord, my husband, and from members of the Spark Media board to help guide me. With every step of faith I take, the Lord opens doors and he provides opportunities that I never would have imagined, y'all. There have been some opportunities that have come my way, and I knew in my gut that I was not supposed to pursue them. Just because something is a good thing doesn't mean that it is a God thing for us, and that takes wisdom and discernment. Now, this doesn't mean that I have always made every right decision and I've never done anything wrong, far from the truth. But what it does mean is that I have learned to follow God's lead when he opens the door. For example, in hosting the Spark Media Conference at the NRB convention, this has opened the door for me to connect with leaders in the media and radio industry, which opened the door for me to speak on radio to podcasting and podcasting to radio at the 2022 NRB convention. And then that led to me starting the Spark Radio Initiative to partner with both KHCB Radio and now the Access More podcast network. Well, KHCB Radio has given Spark Media an hour on their radio stream that launches this fall to curate and showcase podcasts on their radio stream. This has been an incredibly unique opportunity for me because a few months ago, after the Spark Conference, my husband Peter and I began working on a book project. He signed with the Blythe Daniel Agency, and I just want to give a shout out to Blythe for the amazing work she does as a literary agent. Peter and I also have talked about doing a podcast together for years. I always bring 
him on as a guest at the end of the year to talk about the year in review. And we always have so much fun. Now, my husband has also been intimately involved in all aspects of building Spark Media and producing this show. But since we've been given this opportunity to go beyond the podcast to radio, we both felt like now is the time for us to capture this opportunity and start a new podcast together. Now, don't worry, the By His Grace podcast is not going anywhere. And actually, y'all, I have some incredible interviews lined up that you are not going to want to miss, like my interview I did with Shane and Shane, who shared their testimonies with me. Y'all love Shane and Shane. They're one of my faves, and I cannot wait to share that with you. But now, back to this new podcast. It is called spark influence. This will be a conversation between Peter and I about how we live with intention in our marriage, with our family, in our business, and in our ministry life. Our trailer dropped this week and our show launched at number 212 on the business entrepreneurship category. I want to give a shout out to everyone that has taken time to listen to that trailer and that left us a review. But if you haven't listened to the trailer yet, please, please, please take two minutes, go listen to the trailer for Spark Influence and leave us a review. Now, another opportunity opened this week for me to share my testimony on social media after the Supreme Court announced the overturning of the Roe v. Wade decision. And this led me to want to talk to you about the opportunity that we each have as believers to share what the Lord has done for us in our lives. Now, before I introduce you to Roger, I want to share two scriptures with you from the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ. The, the first comes from Revelation twelve eleven in the ESV, and it reads, And they have conquered him, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, for they have loved not their lives even unto death. Friends, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. The world needs to know what the Lord has done for us and what He has done for them. This leads me to my next scripture from Revelation, which is in a Revelation 3.20. It states, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. This is the ultimate opportunity to answer the call of Jesus on our lives and to accept his gift of salvation and to share his love with others. There is nothing like living on mission for Jesus. It is my prayer that if you don't already know my friend Jesus, that you would seek him because if you seek him, you will find him. And I can promise that once you find him, your life will never ever be the same. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. 
Well, hello. I am here with Roger Parrott today, and we are going to talk about leadership. So, Roger, welcome to the By His Grace podcast. This is a treat for me to get to be with you. I mean, you're, you've just uh, got such a voice of significance and by his grace is so wonderful because that's what I've been concerned about. The church is so committed to truth, but let's be as committed to grace. And if we were, our message would be heard. So thank you for standing up for calling us all to grace. Well, thank you so much. I am super excited to have you here with me today because I have been reading your book and it is a leadership book that is not like any other leadership book that I have read. And so we're going to get into that in a minute. But as I was doing some research on you, I found out that you were one of the youngest university presidents and that you come from a line of university presidents. And so I'm wondering how that has impacted you as a leader. Well, you know, you kind of got to wonder about what, what school would have a president who's 34 years old. So, <laughs> <laughs> but unfortunately they were desperate to raise money. And I guess that's why, because I'd had some success, but you know, it was an interesting journey because yeah, my dad and my grandfather were college presidents and I work at my grandfather's desk even today, which is a kind of a treat to have that heritage. But I really wanted to go into a presidency and tried and applied and all. And we kept coming up empty, kept coming up empty time after time. I remember my wife and I visited this little beat up school out in the middle of nowhere in East Tennessee and, and applied there and thought, well, for sure they'll take us. And they didn't. And I'll never forget after we went through that experience, we got alone with the Lord, the two of us. And we said, if this isn't what God wants, let's let it go. And we decided to give it up, walk out of higher education altogether. And we were going to go to the West and plant a church. And I'll tell you, within two weeks, I had two offers for a college presidency. So I think sometimes God just waits for us to let go so he can take charge. And it came out so much better and much better schools than I ever could imagine. And I've been here at Bellhaven University for 26 years now, and I love it. That's amazing. I've had similar experiences in my life where I thought I was supposed to go one direction and I kind of pressed hard into that direction and then went to God in prayer and said, is this what you want? And he was like, no, actually it's not. Come in this, come in this direction. So I, I love that you follow that model. So in your book, there's this thought about capturing change instead of creating it. So can you explain to me what that is and what that has looked like in your leadership roles? Yeah, I think all of us in leadership have have bought in and rightfully so to the model of long range planning. Businesses expect it, ministries expect it, churches expect it, families expect it. You know, I, as I've gotten into this book, it's probably as much for parents as it is for anybody else because we all have a plan for our kids and it doesn't come out that way. We've got to let go, capture the opportunities for our kids, not the plan. But, but you know, I, I wrote a scenario in the book about a Fortune 500 CEO who has the meeting in New York and brings everybody in and supposed to lay out the plan and instead gets up and says, you know, this year, instead of that, we're just going to capture God's best opportunities. We're going to, we're going to serve best where he's already given us opportunities and to serve and the people he's called us to. And, and if there are new opportunities, we'll take them. If not, we'll just stay what we got, et cetera, et cetera. So I lay out this whole scenario and then say, you know, within the 
moments of the first tweet going out, you know, the stock price goes in the tank and uh, all the major players of his team quit and he's fired by the end of the day because we're expected to have this long range plan. And my feeling and my experience has been, and, and I find for so many leaders that in capturing God's opportunities, rather than our plans, we're able to do so much more than what we would plan to do. And so that's really what we're about, letting go of us predicting destinations, and instead, let's trust God for the future. I do do planning for what we know we're going to do, but not where we're going to go. We really release that into the Lord's hands. Yeah, I, I could not agree with you more. I, that's something that's been really easy for me to do as I have grown from writing and speaking to podcasting to then all of the, the work that I'm doing with Spark Spark Media Ventures. It's really been sort of a, a problem solution. I pray about a problem that I see and God gives me a solution, which leads to another venture. So we've got this podcast community, a conference, a magazine. It's just been one thing after another. I didn't set out to do any of those things, but each one of those is fitting a need that I saw and God answered the prayer. So I would love to know how when we plan in that long range plan and we're expecting certain goals, how does that limit God's ability to work in our business and ministry? Uh, you know, I think it's so many limitations when we try to plan because we we aim for what we know we can hit. We don't go past that. I remember we were about 10 years or so, 12 years into planning at, at uh, no planning, excuse me, at Bellhaven. And uh, I went into my board and I laid in front of them a piece of paper that said five-year plan. And I said, and the goal one, number one was increase enrollment 43%. Number two, raise $21 million. Number three, build $21 million of new buildings. Number four was seven new academic programs. Number eight was, five was eight new graduate programs. So we laid out all this stuff and, and the longer board members kind of figured out by the end of it what I was doing. But what I did when I got to the end is I said, that is not the plan for the next five years. That is what we actually did the last five years. Now, the difference is if five years ago I had brought that set of goals to us, we all would have cut it down by about two-thirds to what we knew we could hit, and you probably would have thought I was crazy to to reach that far. Instead, by not having a plan, we trusted God and he did so much more. So we got to start there. I think it homogenizes our strengths when we try to plan within an organization. I'm talking now, we tend to, we got to deal with everybody. So it homogenizes strengths. I think planning focuses on our deficiencies. When you're planning, you're focused on what you don't have. When you're waiting for opportunities, you're focused on what you do have. And you're you're letting God build on what is already there. I think there's a lot of empty productivity and probably anxiety around planning that just goes away. I mean, I've never been so free in my leadership as when I got rid of planning for the future. And I just trust God. And and sometimes that means waiting. And sometimes that means I'm not sure what we're going to do next, but it really is a wonderfully freeing way to lead. And it, and it really gets grounded in a theology of trust. I mean, we all say as Christians, yeah, we trust God and God's going to take care of us and God knows best, but we don't act like he is. We act like we've got to do it. Then we ask him to pray. We pray over it and we ask him to bless it. 
And then when we don't hit those goals, we have some kind of lament and then we go around again. That's not how he designed us. We need to just capture those opportunities. And so if we get rid of the planning, it's not just substituting one for the other. We're really holding back from God's best because we're trying to plan rather than to trust him for those opportunities. Yeah. Well, and I think that we all had plans at the beginning of 2020. And I don't think that 2020 looked any, any way or 2021 or even entering 2022. So, you know, I think it's been a really interesting time. I created a planner cause I'm a planner girl. Like I want to write the plan, at least have a direction and know where I'm going because there's a lot of things on my plate to, to organize. Right. But all of that went out the window in in 2020. So yeah. Yeah. Everybody who had a plan doesn't have one now. And, uh, and that's what is kind of interesting, the timing of the book, because nobody has a plan right now. Nobody really knows what post COVID is going to be. And so what better time for Christians all over to change their mode and start capturing opportunities. So the way to do it when you're a planner and I'm a planner too, in that what kind of way, I mean, I'm a college president. I like to, you know, kind of keep control of what's going on around me, but here's, here's the distinctive that I've come up with. I want to focus on my mission, my gifting and capacity. Those three things. I want to be so clear in what my mission is that when opportunities come, I'll know if they fit or if they don't fit. And then I want to know what my gifting is. And for me, that involves a fairly big team of people. And I know what gifting we can, we, what we can do well and what we can't do well. And then capacity. And sometimes you've got capacity and sometimes you're just so filled up, you can't take on anything else. Knowing those three things helps us, as I write in the book in a chapter called Staying in Your Lane, helps us to stay in our lane and not drift to another lane, even though it's going at the same speed and it looks a lot like our lane. If you know what you're called to do, if you know what you're uniquely gifted to do, and you know your capacity, the right opportunities will come and you can determine which ones fit and which ones don't fit. Because what I found with opportunity leaders is that they will have more opportunities they can ever fulfill. Yeah, I have found that to be true in the little time that I've been doing what I've been doing. And I love this mission, gifting, and capacity because for the listeners of the By His Grace podcast and those who follow my work, I have been saying, if you don't know what to do, ask God where your gifting and your calling lines up in this season. So that's very similar because we have to know that God's called us uniquely with specific work for us to do, and he's gifted us all in a very unique way, but I love that you add capacity to that. That That's the season, understanding your season and what you're able mm-hmm. to do in that season, but also being on mission. Um, I'd love to know some practical ways that this works out um, in your leadership. Well, you know, I, I think one thing that capturing opportunities instead of planning does is it brings a level of innovation that you wouldn't have otherwise. And so let's take COVID as an example. We found out that, that churches can have ministry without having Sunday morning service. <laughs> Restaurants can feed people without even having a dining room. But presidential inaugurations can happen without a crowd. Uh, you know, in higher education, we had to adjust. We went online for a while and then we've had to adjust. But I started looking past that 
that. And I said, you know, these this last fall, these students are coming back and they're discouraged. They've been, you know, a lot of them lost their senior year in high school and they lost a year of college kind of, and at least it was down compared to what it was. How can I lift their spirits? And I thought, and I thought, you know, I've got 22 master's programs that are online. I'm going to give them all a master's. Now, I never would have done that in a normal time. But by just thinking, okay, here's a challenge. What's an opportunity that we could take advantage of in our mission gifting capacity? Out of that, it created an opportunity. We're giving every single one of our students a, brand, a free master's when they graduate. So I think there's an innovation that comes when you start capturing opportunities. And I think the, the hard part people have to understand who are real planners about that future is that God will bring opportunities. We don't, aren't really convinced that he really will. And what I find with people who are kind of shifting to this opportunity planning from leadership is uh, from planning is uh, they'll say, well, you know, well, if it doesn't work, what's the plan B? There is no plan B. This is the plan. The plan is to have no plan. That is the plan. <laughs> and when you let go and you know what you're called to do and you got that gifting and capacity, boy, it's just one thing after another opens up. And almost every day from who I hire to programs we do, I'm launching um, right now a doctorate of business administration in China with a with a wonderful partner, the number one rated university in China came to Bellhaven University, a Christian university, to do a partnership and a doctor of, of business administration because of, of our expertise and working with Chinese students. That's not something you planned. You don't go out and do that. They came to us. And one thing will happen after another when you really trust God for those opportunities. Yeah. People ask me a lot of times, how did you get that opportunity? And I think it's because I, I, I plan and I have a goal, but I don't, I don't limit what God can do. And I try to stay right. very open-handed. Another one of the things that you talked about in the book that I loved was the upside down kingdom leadership. Now, this is easy for me to be open-handed as a small business owner with, with just a few people. But what does that look like in a university? Well, in a, in a university and a, any big organization, whether that be a big church or a, or a ministry or a corporation, you know, one of the endorsers of the book was Jim Morgan, who was who did the was president of Krispy Kreme and did the turnaround. And he said, "This is what we did." I'm so glad Roger wrote the book. He said, "This is what we did," and and so it does work. But it, you, the the challenge is the expectations of people. They expect us to have the plan. They expect us to have every answer. They expect all these things of a leader. And then a leader says, well, if I don't do this stuff, you know, where's my value added? You have to change that culture, that outlook, that perspective to let them find trust in not planning. And that's not an overnight change. It's a slow change where you begin to shift culture. You empower a core group. You let them start to realize. And I, I, I encourage ministries and individuals, look back at the significant things in your life. Even look back to the last year. What really happened that you planned versus what opportunities came? And then when you start to see the pattern of opportunities, you begin to let go. But it does require much more transparent communication. It does require thinking about the long-term objectives of what we're trying to accomplish in mission. But this is what Jesus taught us to do. I mean, he was, he was, that's the upside down kingdom. I mean, what, 
people expected. He never did. He always, almost always did the opposite. And, and, you know, the life of Christ in ministry was a life of interruptions. How many times do we read? He was headed one place and somebody called him someplace else, or somebody touched the hem of his garment, or somebody said, come here, I've got an emergency. He was always about the interruptions. That's where real ministry takes place and real opportunities where God can use us. I love that. That is so wonderful. Well, I want to conclude with, I want to ask you why this is. One of the things that you say is that every decision must be sensitive to the overarching impact on mission. And and why do you believe that? Because without mission, there isn't anything. Whether that is a university or whether that's a, a church or a family, uh, you've got to know what your mission is. What your why did God create you? What's the purpose? What's the calling? What's the what is that mission that drives them? When you have the mission, the other things work out. The, the challenge with capable people is that we can make a lot of things happen. We can, you know, I, I wrote a chapter in a book called "Learning to Love Roadblocks" because capable people tend to just burrow through roadblocks. Sometimes God puts them there to redirect us and to bring us back into mission or to make ground us deeper in mission. But when mission drives everything, and when you know what your heart is and your calling and your mission is, then you don't start chasing a lot of rainbows and you don't chase what the world values, you chase what the Lord values. And that's the biggest thing, because again, the Christian world has got pretty good at building our power boats that are big and impressive and go where we think God wants us to go. But a poorly built, worn out sailboat will outdistance a powerboat every time they can catch the wind of God. And that's really the image on our campus that we use. We want to be that sailboat sensitive to God's wind and go where God's wind takes us. Yeah, definitely. We want to be in tune with the Holy Spirit and we want to go where the Spirit goes. So I love that. I love that that's the motto of Belhaven University. And I love that that is what you are um, instructing your students to do is to follow the Holy Spirit, because in in this day and time, we're living in a crazy, crazy, chaotic world that is, um, and living in the Spirit is countercultural. So I'm glad that you are doing something to impact future generations to follow God. And mm-hmm. I've really enjoyed having you on the show today. Y'all get a copy of Opportunity Leadership. Stop planning and start getting results. Roger, thank you so much. Thank you for joining thank me today you. on By His Grace. I hope bless. you've enjoyed listening and are encouraged by our guest today. I would love for you to visit my blog, mistyphilip.com, for more encouragement. You can find me on social media as Misty Philip, and I would love to connect with you there. 